think that's a good name for this outlet. What? The Global Sporting Tour Guide. I think it's called Beefy's World of Sport. Yeah, everything's sort of world of sport, world okay. of football. I've got too many worlds going on. Oh, here. fair enough then. Do you want to be my global sporting tour guide? The global sporting tour guide. I like that actually. I could make a career out of it. <laughs> Hopefully, on the left, if you'd yes, if you and and out the left of the bus is a game of Trugo. Nice. Glad you brought up Trugo. Well, all aboard. All aboard the Trugo train. All aboard the tour bus for the world of sport, and let's start with figure skating. And I hope it's more on our Indigenous Australian world champion. It. Definitely is more about our Indigenous Junior World Champion, Harley Windsor. Junior, I should say, but yes. we claim but World Champion. World Champion, you can't deny figure it. skating, what a, what a... Exactly right. That is groundbreaking. So, so this last week uh, was the World Championships in Helsinki, Finland. Um, and Harley Windsor and his partner, Ekaterina Alexandrovskaya, the... Also Indigenous. From Russia. Indigenous Australian. Indigenous Muscovite. They were in the pairs World Championship, the Senior World Championships, and they had to do well in this to get Australia qualifying spot in the Olympics in Pyeongchang next year. And they came 15th. Is that good enough? That's. I think that's going to be good enough. So, because obviously in the World Championships, there's a, quite a few Russians, quite a few Canadians. Okay, so, so, so yeah, in terms of out. nations, they might be I think it's not. right, I- exactly right. But uh, Sui and Han of China are the new world champions in the in their division. Mm-hmm. Savchenko and Masot of Germany, good German name, Savchenko, and Tarasova, Tarasova and Morozov of Russia. They're, they were the top three. Um, but in the other ones, Yuzuru ha- Hanya of Japan... And Shoma Uno, uh, that's the men's figure skating world championship. Japan won two, which has never happened before. And uh, Yuzuro. So that, that's figure skating singles. Singles, men's, yep. I've always thought that they really should have men's pairs in figure skating. Like Blades of Glory, whatever it was, yes. Why not? It would it, it'd be Brian spectacular. Boy, Brian Boitano would have had no... Yeah. No brief with that, and I'm sure Either would most of the other male figure skaters. I don't think they would. Why? Why would? Would it be? It'd be powerful. They'd be throwing each other up That's into the exactly rafters. Exactly right, and they would be trying different things, eh? and they would uh, live. As on the is edge. often the case. Yeah, that's it. Um, Brendan Kerry came fifteenth. Not, not that there's anything wrong with it. In fact, we advocate it. In well, of course we do. Uh, Brendan Kerry of Australia came fifteenth in the men's final. Oh, that's good. Could he? Yeah. Could he make the possibly? Worlds? I didn't check that. Uh, I was mainly looking for our mate Harley um, in the women's. Eugenia Evgenia uh, Medvedeva, Russia. Caitlin Osmond and Gabrielle Dalman. Caitlin Osmond Can- from Canada. Canada and yep. Gabrielle Dalman from Canada as well. They came yep. second and third. Kailani Crane came twenty fourth, which I don't think Will is good, good enough, enough for Australia okay. to qualify. So. Yeah, so that's the uh, that's the interesting thing. But interestingly enough, there was no Brits made the finals in any of the four categories. So a British long, ice skating, a long, it's a all long, over. It's all long, over. Gone are the Torvald and Dean and the Robin Cousins of this world. I was going to say, <coughs> oh, pardon me, I am coming down with something. Um, maybe it's a case of too many darts. Too many darts. Now, possibly is the one thing I would say is yes that I doubt that there's ever been. You know how some people go from baseball to American uh, football. We've seen that in the yep. Dion and Bo we've Jackson. Had, we've had boxing and rugby league here famously with Anthony <laughs> yeah, Monday. Famously, yeah. So crossing over to another sport is 
an enormous skill. But oh, unbelievable. Have we ever, and I, I say no, will we ever, I say no, have somebody be a world champion in both figure skating and darts? Probably they, not. They're, they're kind of two different worlds, they're di- aren't they? They're two different worlds. Yes. It, it would be alien. Yes. You can see, a, I mean, Gerwin Price we've talked about, rugby, rugby union yeah. and darts. Um, not too, not too, uh, not too sure if there's many other crossover darts players. Uh, yeah. You might, you normally. Well, we know that some of the English cricketers love their darts, and not too shabby either. Yep. Alistair Cook and yeah, yeah. And um, there's a lot of lot of downtime with cricket in Britain. Yeah. Freddie Flintoff was, I think, the man who introduced a dartboard to the touring party. Oh, really? Oh, Put it in his hotel room, yep. and it became a bit of a, a central a central. Um, Meeting point and yep. galvanising point Definitely. for the team. Uh, Cross code sportsman himself won professional boxing fight at heavyweight and won that yep. somehow. Um, so yeah, but he's tried lots of things. Broke the world pedalo record as well. Uh, I'm scared to ask what's pedalo. Well, you know the story about Freddie in the World Cup in in the West Indies when he he had a few too many to drink and ended up stealing a pedalo to try and get to. I was pedalo like a like, it's a, like one of those pedal, pedal boats. Oh, boat. Oh, yeah, yeah. Bo- okay. So, uh, yeah, she yeah. pedal. It's like a like a like paddle big thing. swans that they used to. Kind have. of. That's exactly right. Albert Park Lake. Right, I'm right, sure. Swan. Um, so he he stole a pedalo to try and get out to Ian Beefy Botham. Um, Yes. He thought was on a boat out in the harbour at 3 a.m. in the morning, yeah. and Freddie had had a bit too much, and he crashed the pedalo and turned it over, and the hotel staff had to rescue him from being drowned. Luckily, the don't pedalos usually operate in man-made lakes that are four inches deep? Yeah, but this, full is, of in, coins. this is in the West Indies, yeah. yeah. So it was on a bay. But um, as a prank or a, a kind of a media stunt, uh, the sun, I think, got him to... Uh, race a pedalo and he broke the 100 meter world record on a pedalo. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, that type of stuff. Yeah. Photo op now. Yes. Premier League darts. Premier League darts. Cardiff, night nine. This is the last night of Classen and Hybrex being in there, even though they weren't in the competition because they've been eliminated. Do your Welsh fellows embrace darts? Oh, another sellout. They love darts. It used to be in my hometown they used to hold this and you could not get a ticket for love. Well, Lanfilly. Newport, yes. Um, Landfilly. <laughs> it, land, la, it is Landfilly as well in uh, Newport, yeah. So Cardiff, absolute sellout. And uh, Night of the Stars, I think Joe Calzaghi was there and a few others. Uh, all that Welsh royalty. Can't, off the top of my head, I can't remember any of them. Who else is Welsh royalty besides the boxer <laughs> Calzaghi? <laughs> That's it. The singer Jones. Singer Jones and a few of the uh, stereophonics. The actress, Zeta Jones. Zeta Jones, yeah. Although, uh, you know, they don't uh, live there anymore. Results? Results. Phil Taylor, 7. Jella Clarsen, 5. Yes. Clarsen was 4-1 up as well. Oh. Gary Anderson, 7. Adrian Lewis, 3. Raymond Van Barneveld, 7. James Wade, 2. Did some definitive results here. Oh, yes. It was a one-sided, sh- isn't it? Short night's work for some of these. And Michael Van Gerwen, 7. Dave Chisholm, 1. Oh, the Welsh didn't get their... No, Money, their, well, their even, worth, even their worse, Euros worth. Even worse, Kim Hybricks pulled out because his mother was ill, and Peter Wright got given a seven-nil uh, oh. walkover. And where does that leave the ladder? Well, after nine rounds, and like I said, this is the last round before they kicked Klassen and Hybricks out, so they go on to. So they do. They now are out of the competition next all year, over. but also they're relegated. They get relegated. Year. Yeah. Well, I think they can re-qualify though. 
So Van Gerwen is top with 14 points. Wright, 13 points. Barney, 12 points. Anderson, 11. Taylor, 11. Lewis, 9. Wade, 8. And Chisnell and uh, the others just don't worry about it. So they play each other once again. Yes. So there's eight eight players over seven rounds, or, or seven matches over six rounds, I should say. Yeah. And, and then So the f- how, how long does that take? Seven weeks. Six weeks. And then there's a finals night in London on May 18, where they play the semi-finals and final on the same night. So Big. It's big, isn't it? Huge. And I I was looking through the PDC website earlier, and a lot of those rounds coming up are already sold out. And we're not talking, you know, 1,000-seat arenas. We're talking 10,000, 15,000-seat arenas, and they're already sold out for these What sort of money do the boys in the Premier League get? Well, if you win it, I think it's uh, two hundred thousand pound. I think for winning the Premier League, so it's fairly decent money. Plus, you obviously get appearance money and win money on the way through. Yeah, it's worth being there, isn't it? Yeah, it's worth putting the time in. Now, because we were in Wales, Cardiff, I'd like to throw in professional football, and I noticed that Newport County oh. won on the weekend. They're off the bottom. We're off the bottom. And with I think six matches remaining, six matches to go, the great escape is on. You are six points adrift. Five points. Five, five points yes. adrift. It's, and it's not impossible. It's not impossible. Um, Who are you hunting down? Hartlepool. Oh, we don't want the hangers. The, the hanger monkey monkeys hangers, to get, I know. Yeah. And, um, well, Cheltenham won on the weekend. Mm. So if they had lost, we'd have only been three points behind them. So Hartlepool have got a bit of a tough run in. So SEN's very own Newport County. Uh, oh, we've picked up... Uh, Can you dare to dream? We are daring to dream at the moment. Who do you play next week? Not not the power, not a powerhouse. Uh, who have we got? An Exeter City Ooh. away. Ooh, although. Ooh, where is Exeter? Down south. Uh, yes. Yes. Kind of uh, southwest. It's the first kind of big town you get to as you get into Devon. Okay. So the Exeter Exeter Plymouth game is a big derby. Um, they are they're in the playoffs at the minute, so they've got stuff to play for. Unfortunately, mm. yes. But, uh, yeah, we snuck past Crawley on the weekend, uh, who didn't have a lot to play for. But uh, there's more coming in free fall. They've lost six straight, so they could get brought into it. And Yeovil are down there. So, But it's uh, really, uh, yeah, two from four, really. Exeter, not to be confused with Utoxeter. <laughs> Definitely not to be confused with Utoxeter. Do you know where Utoxeter is? Uh, yeah, it's in the Midlands. There you go. Yeah. I just didn't want you to confuse it. <laughs> no, definitely not. Well, let's cycle. Cycle. Tour of Flanders. The cobbled classic, as they like to call it. Oh, um, I thought that was Paris to Roubaix. Yeah, but this one's also on cobbles. Oh, and they, they have a cobbled Paris-Roubaix, yeah. And this one, they have a cobbled climb. And there were quite a few crashes mm. on the weekend. So, Philippe Gibert of Belgium, ex-world champion. Phil he Gilbert to the rest Phil of Gilbert us. to the rest of the world. And Greg Van Avermaet came second. Nicky Tupstra of the Holland-ish types came third. Luke Durbridge was 12th, and Alex Edmondson, both Aussies, 25th. So they were the top Aussies. And in the women's, Corinne Rivera of the US won in a sprint finish, but she beat Gracie Elvin, the Aussie, who came second. Oh, good. So Chantel. Well, bad, but good that Gracie yeah. did well. Yep, Chantel Black, Black, Netherlands, double A in that one. She was third, but Shara Gillow, 25th. Amanda Spratt, 26th. Did you know in the women's, though, mm. there's a professional team called Wiggle High Five? Really? And absolutely no relation to anything Australian or kids-based uh, or anything else. But Wiggle is a kind of um, 
cycling and triathlon gear website in the UK and High Five. It's spelled, how's High Five spelled? H-I-G-H-5. Because okay, yeah. High Five was H-I. Yeah, it was. But, but that's amazing. So Wiggle <laughs> High Five. Wiggle High Five is the name of the team. Oh, well, that's... Really I thought that was quite amazing kids when I saw that. that team. Yes, they should do, shouldn't they? Yeah. So Wiggle High Five, they are a British team. So, uh, in, yeah, I was astounded at that. An interesting is, oddity, I yes. must say. You know, speaking of, given that you are wrapping your tongue most capably around some <laughs> foreign names, yes. even though I would prefer if you just... This is a bit of a skill. You need to be able to pronounce them correctly. Yes. But in a in in a non accent. In a well, I, I struggle with that in a non accent, well, obviously. That's sort of, I mean it's it's Phil Gilbert. Philippe Gilbert. Or Gilbert. But, so Philip so that's right. So Philippe Gilbert. Yes. That it's not Philippe Gilbert. <laughs> <laughs> that's, you know. So I mean b- the reason I bring this up is because there is now a service on the ATP website yep. where every professional men's tennis player pronounces his own name. Oh, right. So, so you, can, you just can be under no no misconceptions or illusions. Yeah. If you wish to pronounce correctly, right. go to the website, you tap on the player and, and he just his comes profile, up. Yeah. he says his name. Nice. Because yeah. there was always an issue, wasn't there, with Maria Sharapova? Sharapova. Or, or Sharapova, yes. And it's up to the person to, you well, know. It's their name. Lee Montagna, who plays for St Kilda, has a family that has always pronounced it Montagna. Now that is is manifestly wrong in a traditional Italian sense, but you're allowed to pronounce your name as you see fit. True. So from now on, please call me Mark Finney. Finney, of course, goes without saying. But I, I agree with the rest you totally. of the pretense. But yeah, so um, be good if that was available on all sporting websites, wouldn't it? Yes, but as. I have found out over the years finding information out about certain sports and events is unbelievably difficult. Yes. Let's move to athletics. Yeah. Well, the first thing was it was the Prague Half Marathon on the weekend, which is unspectacular to say the least, although spectacular scenery, I would guess. Prague is one of the most beautiful cities in the world, bar none. Bar none. That's a good call. No, no, I'm saying that this segment is brought to you by bar none. Yes. No, that's what I'd mention them. Yeah. It's oh, beautiful. No. Prague is beautiful. It's I've never been. I have never, ever been to Prague, and yet, I mean, to get there from the UK is cheap as anything. I think it's on the Danube. Uh, it's on a famous river. It is on a river. Definitely is. And the Danube is more famously Austrian, but I, yep. but I think it might, I'll find out. Possibly. We'll have a look. We'll do our geography. Just on. letting you, keeping you informed. Yep. Um, but Kenya's, here's one. Now, she's called Joy Celine. Yes. Jep Koskai, she oh, yeah. set four world records in the in the one race. Or oh, they're actually world bests because it's road running. Yes. So she oh, broke right, because of, of the different inclines and, in, the yeah, lack of and wind, but you can't ever adjust for wind and everything. And yep. uh, some are flat, some are hilly. Oh no, it, it, it is on the Vlatva. Oh really? Vlatava. Oh okay. Vlatava is the longest river within the Czech Republic. Runs across the Bohemian Forest. And then north through Chesky, Krublov, Chesky, Budigjevice, and Prague, finally merging with the Elbe and the Melnik, the Vlatva. There you go. In, uh, where do they merge? In Still in Czechoslovakia? Are you looking? But here it says you can take a, go, a, a tour along the Danube to Prague. Oh. <laughs> you don't ah. get there. You don't get to Prague. No, but you can go as far as Prague and then they yeah, put so, you on a bus. Uh, but it's on the Vlatva. Ah, there yes, you go. Yes, okay, back to you. So, Joy Celine, 
or Jocelyn, as we'd call her. Yes. Um, one hour, four minutes, 52 seconds for a half marathon. That's pretty good, isn't it, for a, mm. for a woman? Do you think we'll ever see the full marathon run in under two hours? That is the oh. sort of one of the holy grails of I sport. I think so. I think it, somebody will do it. Yeah, somebody hard. will. I mean, they've, they've tried to set up courses. That, yeah, that Rotterdam was always the the favourite. But downhill doesn't help, by the no, way. No, uh, Rotterdam was always a favourite, and they it's, always they always thought Rotterdam was short. Yeah, um, I grew up with a guy called Steve Jones, who was the world the, marathon. Was, it, was he from USA? No, 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 no. Who's the Steve Jones, the runner from Steve Europe? Scott? You're probably thinking of. Okay, that's Steve Jones was from was a Welshman from Newport who was the world marathon best record holder, which is amazing for a yeah. white man from Newport. Uh, and he did the two o six ish. Yeah, I'm I knew talking. There were some low. Times. I'm talking about twenty five years ago. Yeah, yeah. And now I think was it two o three? Yeah, two o three. Two o three fifty something like that yeah, yeah. is the uh, is the world best for a marathon. And so. It's not a million miles away, is it? Yeah. But they reckon that uh, they'll find a course where you can. They reckon that every minute, and that is oh, at that point, is, is searingly difficult to get. And I think it's. I mean, you're looking at essentially four minute miles all the way through to to do two hours, uh, which is just ridiculously quick. But as I said, downhill ain't anywhere no. near what they want to be running. Nah. Obviously flat. Yep. The con- considerations are, are the um, are the is the Gradient of the course, yep, zero best. Time of year is a is a big thing yeah, as well. Yeah, temperature, temperature, time of day, uh, atmospheric conditions, yep. and wind. Of course, prevailing wind, having the wind at your back. Oh is yeah, not a bad no, thing. yeah, <laughs> that's it. That's, but it's hard to find, obviously, forty two k's that is all wind at your back. Yeah, because so, even if you do, but they've tried to things. do it. They've tried to sort of oh, put them into wind yep. channels along. Again, even that apparently. They prefer still conditions. Talking of that, did, uh, there was a there was a test. Um, they got uh, a Japanese game show. Got Justin Gatlin to run a hundred meters with big industrial fans behind him, pushing, pushing him. Yeah, yeah. And he did, uh, I think he did nine three for the hundred. And they really? reckon it was like eighteen meters per second wind behind him. Jeez. So he still didn't break nine. So uh, yeah. The fastest ever time is Dennis Kimeto from Kenya. Yep. Two hours, two minutes and oh, 57 seconds two, set in Berlin in 2014. There you go. That's amazing. Isn't so it? so yeah, we could get there. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, I mean, the Kenyans, they, they take their <laughs> distance running very seriously. So if they think they can get some... I mean, the other thing you've got you've to work with for marathon running as well is pacemakers. I mean, you've got to get those guys yeah, that are right. going to run... And drag their guy around as quickly, and then and then they're still left with five or six mile at the end. They have to run by themselves at pace. Now, two hours forty two minutes and fifty two seconds is the world record for what marathon discipline? Two hours forty two fifty k. No, no, no. The marathon distance two yeah. hours forty two and fifty two seconds. Hmm, don't know. It's the world record set on November the twenty ninth, two thousand and nine. For running a marathon in full Elvis gear, <laughs> the prerequisites prerequisites are a high rise pompadour wig, yep. white jumpsuit, and they are allowed to wear running shoes. Oh. But they must wear the pompadour wig, nice, and the full white bejeweled jumpsuit. Jumpsuit. There you go. Two hours forty two and fifty two seconds. So if you're a decent marathon runner, and you want to set a world record, just get the Elvis gear on. Thank you very much. <laughs> Indeed. Not bad. Eh? We're going to take a break. When we come back, 
There was more athletics. It was the Australian Championships this weekend as well. Yeah, and Sally Pearson, of course, making a famous and emotional successful return. Yeah. And then we've got a chat. We have. We've got a chat. Sort of fitting that before Madness sung about my house, they sung about their car. Yeah. What's Next. the name of it? I like driving in my car. I like driving in my car. Next Thursday night, Festival Hall. Madness. Madness. Hmm. Absolutely, that I mean, I love madness, but I'm working the madness. I love just the turn of phrase madness. <laughs> Do you like Alan? I'm Alan Partridge and various oh, versions of fantastic. You know, fantastic for people who don't know that is um, actor comedian Steve Coogan, yeah. and his famous series I'm Alan Partridge, where interestingly he eventually morphs into a radio host doing yes. Norwich. <laughs> um, uh, what's it called? Um, it's South Anglia Digital, isn't it? Yeah. He ends up at. Yeah. But it's yeah, very familiar to people who work on radio because some of it's hauntingly... South Norfolk haunting, it is, yeah. Yeah, hauntingly yeah. familiar with doing ads and et cetera. Yeah. But uh, what's the, se- the one of the series, he lives in a camper van as his house is being re- yep. re-stumped or whatever and his best mate owns a service station. Yeah. And he's tells... He's Tells his best mate, you know, you need to spruce up the uh, service station and provide more services. That's how people are getting uh, value adding to their business. And he says to him, "Why don't you set up a couple of um, shares here in a pergola, and during the summer months, we could have like an alfresco barbecue?" <laughs> and the guy says, "Oh, I don't think they'll allow barbecue at, at a petrol station, you know, with the open flame and all." And Alan Patrick goes, "Madness." Political correctness <laughs> gone mad. Just it's not allowing barbecues at petrol stations. It's just I know. It's just political correctness gone unbelievable, mad. isn't it? I like his um, series he does with Rob Brydon. He's done two of these series, The Trip. Oh, well, The Trip's the, one of my favourite. And now The Trip to Italy. Two, two, yeah. yeah, very yeah, trip, good. When I, you know, I saw The Trip and of course became immediately a Michael Caine impersonator myself. <laughs> yes, but uh, yeah, that, I mean they play themselves and they. Rob Bryden stands in for Steve Coogan's girlfriend to go on an all-expenses-paid foodie trip up the length of England. To Scotland the first yeah. time, wasn't it? Yeah. And, uh, it, you know, he beautifully written. He portrays himself with all the uh, with all the insecurities and um, all the all the insecurities and excesses of a star. Yeah. No, so he indeed. doesn't let Rob Bryden ever. But he doesn't want Rob Brydon ever to be funnier or, or more famous than he. And <laughs> True. Even Rob Brydon, who was famous for the man-in-the-box impersonation, <laughs> the sort of disconnected voice. You see in one scene, uh, Steve Coogan just standing, staring in the mirror, trying in vain to, to, do, do, a it, better, yeah. to do a better one than yeah. him. Anyhow, back to sport. And before we do hear from... Talk us through these marathon through, uh, from, records. From a sidecar speedway champ. At Oceana, leading the uh, yep. series right now. We were talking about marathon performances, and I've got a few here of note, and they are records in the following. The record whilst dragging a 7.976-metre-high uh, rendition of the Blackpool Tower <laughs> is seven hours dead even. Cool. The record on crutches... Angus McFadden broke the world record in 2007. 
crunched his way in seven hours and 13 minutes. I'm sure that's achievable. This one I like. Marching band playing all instruments and always playing music. So the band had to... At least one band member had to be playing. They had to be playing music for the entire for run. The whole 26 miles. Was a 20-member band from the Huddersfield, Huddersfield University marching band. And um, it took seven hours and 55 minutes, but they played consecutively throughout the entire period. Beautiful. On stilts, <laughs> Guinness Book of World Records, Michelle Frost, eight hours, 25 minutes. On stilts? Yes. Jeez. Took on the men and won. In a genuine bomb disposal suit, weighing 66 pounds, John Bedford completed the marathon in London in nine hours, 40 minutes. Sheesh. Now, the king of extreme marathon running. In 2002, Lloyd Scott wore a, and this was quite famous, an antique deep sea diving suit. Oh, cool. Complete uh, with bell helmet, I suppose. Now, extremely heavy. Of course, the helmet itself weighs 50 pounds or something. He shuffled his way to the marathon finish line in five days and eight hours. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, now, there's regulations for the race, which means no one can ever do that again. Oh, okay. But before those regulations were brought in, Lloyd Scott appeared at the starting line in a nine-foot-tall robot outfit inspired by Ted Hughes' book, The Iron Man. It took him six days and a couple of hours to run the marathon. He then donned a 100-pound genuine suit of armour and dragged a 200-pound dragon (laughs) statue by chain, taking him just over eight days. But the pièce de résistance, and the reason why the rules were altered, because... This was, by the by, the conditions of the race, there had to be officials along the course yeah. and also medical assistance, and it cost them tens of thousands of pounds because in, 19, in 2011, Brian, uh, Lloyd Scott decided to really go at snail's pace and he got the giant snail costume from the magic roundabout <laughs> belonging to Brian, Brian the snail. The snail yeah. And inched his way along the course in just under 26 days. (laughs) All the while, there were course officials and a medico on hand. And as soon as he finished, he was told, don't do it ever again. And the rules were changed. Now, that means there is now an official guideline to racing outfits. So he was doing a mile a day. Basically slithering along in a in snail a, costume. It's in a snail costume. It's a giant costume, and in it he was required to wear stilts as well, because it's that big. Yeah. But the, he dragged Brian the snail costume, twenty six miles, <laughs> in twenty six days. Twenty six days. There you go. There you go. Brilliant marathon records. Now tell us about the interview conducted with a sidecar racer. Yeah. But you were actually there calling the races at Undera. Yeah, Undera. I went up to uh, Undera in. Uh, Middle of Victoria. Now, Undera is a special place. It's 300 people in Undera, apart from when the speedway's in town. Uh, and then it swells to about 3,000. Um, I noticed their football team won 40-34-2-3 or 3-2, though, on the weekend. I saw the scoreboard as I drove That's in. a big win. It was a big win for uh, for the home team. Undera, not the underdogs in footy. I don't know what the Undera see, team is See, I know called. of an Undera in New South Wales. But... Oh, there probably is. 
Anyway, it was the it's the Oceana Speedway Sidecar Championships. They're running it over two rounds. So the first round was Andera on Saturday night, and they go to Gilman next. My apologies. In New South Wales, it's Anandera. Oh, Anandera. There yeah. you go. Um, so Andera. So there was is Speedway Sidecars from mainly Australia, where it's really strong. But there was a couple of crews from Britain, a couple from uh, the US, and a couple from New Zealand. But guess what? A Kiwi has won the first round of the Oceana Sidecar Speedway Championships. And he's called Andrew Spud Buchanan from Palmerston North. And it's a bit of an upset, actually, because uh, normally you get uh, Warren Monson, who is from Melbourne, based up in Mildura, and Darren Trelaw, who is uh, is a numerous Australian world champion. Um, He is out of Sydney. But, uh, yeah, he surprised everyone, Spud Buchanan, and uh, took away the title, or the first round anyway. And I think, yeah, I interviewed him on Saturday night. So let's have a listen in. All the way in Andera, Central Victoria, Beefy, and the lad from Palmerston. All righty, we're at the Oceania Sidecar Speedway Championships, round one at Andera, and with Andrew Buchanan, who has just claimed the first round title. Andrew, well done. Yeah, thank you very much. It's good. Good yeah. morning. And uh, you've come uh, come over from Palmerston North? Yeah, we we um, yeah, come over from New Zealand, but pretty much uh, I work here and race here. So yep. Yeah. And uh, so you've got a couple of point lead going into the second round. How'd you go at Gilman? Yeah, Gilman's not my most probably favourite track in the world, but it's a good, a good fair contest, eh? And it's pretty challenging there, and uh, Dave Parker puts on a very good yeah. meeting at Gilman, so anybody there. Well, saying that, it was a great meeting tonight, really. It was only kind of, uh, you know, one one real crash early, uh, first heat, actually. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, everyone got, got away pretty clean. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, it will be. Um, it'll be certainly be um, all on the fence uh, in a couple of weeks, or next week, because next week, yeah. um, it's pretty fast here, and it a is, lot yeah. more racing lines. How do you, you go on the, on the longer tracks? Because obviously New Zealand has quite a few of the longer tracks. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't ride over there, oh, to be okay, honest. Fair um, um, but yeah, we go. We most probably go better on the longer okay, tracks. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was certainly most probably a lot better combination on the longer tracks yep. than these ones. So, but I think it all came down to gating here yeah, tonight. Yeah, true. And if you could get that couple of metres in that first corner, give you a bit of breathing space. Yep. Um, while the other three fought it out and yeah. hustled it out. So. Yeah, definitely. And uh, well, I mean, like you say, uh, it, the inside gates helped tonight in the end as, as the meeting went on unfortunately. Yeah it did but I, I actually thought uh, if we had third choice I would have taken obviously White most yeah. probably but yeah. I felt pretty confident in White we could still get the gate and win it yeah. but um, didn't need it did we? No indeed, no that's right and uh, so obviously you did okay last year. Yeah, yeah. But obviously now we you stepped up just a little bit. Is it different equipment or? No, nah, nah, with um, last year I had to use Denny's uh, brother as a swinger. Yep. And that was the first time was here. Okay. So that was a bit of a setback, but um, but uh, we got we got two good bikes, very yeah. good setup. So talking of Denny and the Cox family, oh, three three Cox <laughs> Cox family brothers in the final. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. They know how to breed swingers. Yeah, just can't ride. Yeah, well, young Denny's learning how to ride now, so um, yeah. we hope to have them on the handlebars of this next year. So Yeah, yeah. oh, definitely. But, um, yeah, 
Um, so really looking forward to Gilman now. So we got two meetings coming up at Gilman. Yeah, got the, the well, I think it's the world. Yep. First, and then the second round of the Oceanus. And then the following week we're into the Aussie title. Yeah, that's it. So mate, it's all right. No, that's it. It's always uh, April's always a tough time for the spare, for the sidecar guys. Yeah, mate. If you want to come and watch some good racing, <laughs> come to Gilman for the next two weeks. The sidecars are always fantastic, though. It's always uh, smash and grab, and uh, yeah. it's so close. And uh, saying that, I mean, we've had uh, crews from obviously come across from New Zealand, yep. from England, and the states. Yeah. It's great to see the international guys coming over. Yeah, it is good because it just picks it up. You know, the Aussies are the best. There's no doubt about yeah. it. You know. Um, and um, the reason why we've got better is because we're racing against them week in, week yeah, out. exactly you know, right. Um, they're very fortunate. They have very good uh, sidecar tracks. We in New Zealand, we don't have them. Yep. They're clay base, and we have to compete with other cars. Yeah, so yeah. they're very, very spoiled over here. And, and, it's, and you have to spend the time over here if you want to be. No, exactly right. And uh, saying that, I mean, I saw the uh, the lineup for the Aussie titles coming up. Mm. The qualifying meeting is ridiculously strong as well. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Good bikes sitting on the trailer out there. They won't even get in the get in the main main yeah. round. God, I hope I'm not one of them sitting in the trailer watching those. I think you might get a buy now if you go well in the Oceanus. Yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens. Eh? We'll get through our worlds in the Oceana yeah, exactly. and then we'll concentrate on the Aussies. No, definitely. Well, Spud, absolutely fantastic night tonight. I'm glad yeah. you've uh, finally made that step to the top of the podium. Yeah. And uh, good luck over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, thank you very much. No Appreciate problem at all. There you go. Yeah. Good lads, but sounds more Aussie than New Zealand. Yeah, yeah, he said he's uh, been working and riding over here for a while. But a big shout-out to the Cox family who are from Boolaroo in Newcastle, New South Wales. Denny Cox was the passenger, or the swinger, as he called him, <laughs> for Andrew Buchanan. Blake Cox is Denny's brother, who's 26. He came second with um, uh, with Darren Trelaw. And Glenn Cox, the old man, he was third with Grant Bond. Um, so the Cox family were <laughs> occupied all three spots on the podium, even though they were doing the hard part, which is hanging off the side of the bike, trying to keep it on the track. So uh, big shout out to the Cox family, a big future <laughs> in sidecars. But if you if you see any sidecar speedway on um, on TV, it is it's mental. The, these guys are nuts. that is madness. That really is crazy. Those sidecars just hang out there to get hit. But it's a traditional speedway and motor racing sport that has. Um, Long, long history and very popular in parts of Europe. And now, obviously, well, we're pretty good at it too. So. Oh, the sidecars, yeah, the Aussies are the best. And uh, I've put some videos on on our Facebook page on the 365 Days of Sport um, website on the Facebook page. So, uh, yeah, it's a, just crazy. A it's a message for you, Rudy, by the specials. Oh, yeah. And the message for Beefy and for all our listeners is... The legs in a mad bum has just got even bigger. Who's Mad Bum? Let our listeners in on the joke. Madison Bumgarner of San Francisco Giants. The Madison Bumgarner is one of the you know one of the big story pitchers in American professional baseball and on the weekend we saw the opening start, day opening day of the season. San Francisco Giants are a serious outfit and the boy with the giant wingspan, he's 6 foot 5 and he's got long arms. Famous for pitching, but became the first player in the history of baseball because there is a difference. In the American League, pitchers do not bat. A yep. pinch hitter is used. But in the National League, the rotation includes the nine on-field players. 
And that and includes, so it should. And that includes a picture, unless uh, later in the innings, as pitchers retire and the batting lineup is massaged, you can avoid yeah. batting the pictures, but at the top you don't. And if it's Madison Bumgarner or Mad Bum, you don't because he became the first pitcher in the history of baseball to hit two home runs on opening day in a 6-5 loss. Yeah. As, and I just yeah. uh, I just saw these two home runs as well have, were the fastest balls off the bat from a pitcher ever. Now, ever, they, yeah, yeah. Statcast, I think it's called, has uh, the technology to give us exit speeds of the yeah. ball off the bat, which we have seen in, in Big cricket. Bash as yeah, well. It's just come recently. in. Yep. Now, uh, unfortunately, uh, it was a loss to his team. I guess they were playing the Arizona Diamondbacks, but one of the Pictures at the receiving end was one of the best pictures in baseball, Zach Grinke. And the numbers are pretty impressive. He's in the history of Zach Grinke's pitching with Statcast. That's the fourth most powerful hit ever oh, really? of Zach Grinke. And that includes ground balls, yeah, yeah, etc. Yeah. And he's in good company with the likes of Mike Trout and uh, I think. Um, one of the Gonzalez players, Carlos Gonzalez. One of the Gonzalez that narrows it down to about 300 baseballs. <laughs> yeah. But Carlos Gonzalez holds the record. He's within one or two miles per hour, having hit this ball with an exit speed of 112.35 miles per hour. Pretty, or 1.12.5. 112 yeah. and a half miles per hour. Now, he's hit five home runs in his last 88 at-bats. Okay. He's the first, interestingly, he's the first giant since Barry Bonds in 2002 to start the season with a double ding. Right. And in the last 25 years, the only opening day home run by a pitcher has been Clayton Kershaw. So there's been one in 25 years and he hit two on the weekend. Yep. Not bad, given that he's a pitcher first and foremost. Not a bad effort at all no. by Mad Bum. No, and uh, obviously, uh, considering there are only a couple of games in, he's now leading the pitching, the batting, and everything else, the, yeah. all the MVP awards. Well, that will change, and oh, so will the sport. What there's are we... only another 166 games to go or something, isn't there? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's a short season. It is, the yeah. Abri- we're getting the abridged version. <laughs> yeah. So, um, that leaves us with the Harmony Cup. Yes, it was the Harmony Cup on the weekend. Big shout-out to Brian Clark, who organises the Harmony Cup. And Italy are the... This is an Australian rules football? This is Australian rules football. Italy are essentially the Harmony Cup champions. They beat... Uh, who they beat? Malta and Ireland to go through. And the Harmony Cup is a great event. It's fantastic. You've, Wales have played, you played in it? Yeah, Wales played in it a couple of years ago. And uh, so they, they split it into kind of the established teams, which are Italy, uh, Israel, Ireland... So the I's. So all countries yep. beginning with I. Italy, yep. Israel, Ireland, and... Uh, so Australia. Iceland. Australia as well, which is an Aboriginal team. Yep. Uh, they play. Uh, this is totally amateur, obviously. And they have a second division now, which includes a kind of a makeup team from a lot of uh, emerging nations like Argentina and Canada and France and Germany. Switzerland, who went really well. I believe they went Division Two. Spain, Poland, um, and Chile. There you go. Chile have got a team. So... Um, there was thousands of people there. I went yesterday and had a, had a look at that, and there was games going on everywhere. 
So ten teams playing Aussie rules over one day. You know they play four matches in a day. It's uh, now it's a great event and it's good for the community of Melbourne to get behind that and uh, push that through. But um, are, there, are there any other countries that begin with I other than Israel, Ireland, Italy, Iran, and Iceland, Iran, Iceland, Iran, and Iraq? Yeah, I forgot. I forgot our, our soccer folks. India, and India is a country beginning with I. Gee, I've done well. I know. I forgot India. There are 1.2 billion of us, you know. Yeah, that's it. That was my impersonation of us in the Hummer Pimper Petal. And we need to yes. take a break. And with what time remains, you'll aim a crossbow at me. Now, this is Outlaw Southpaw. This here is a song about Madison Bumgarner. There you go. Mad Bum. We'll do crossbow next week, but you've got 45 seconds of Trugo yep. time. Trugo. One of Melbourne's three indigenous sports. The other two being... Um, Australian rules football. Oh, yeah. Well, that started and, in Victoria. And Rogaining. Rogaining? Yes. So, Trugo. Isn't Rogaining something you put in your head Probably. when you Brunswick it? City are the new Trugo champions of Melbourne and the world. They beat Ascot Vale 142-126 in the final on Thursday. So, they have won the Trugo World Championship two out of the last three years. A mallet hitting a rubber disc the length of a train carriage. That's right. Invented in Newport Railway Yards. Australia, not Wales.